words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. this way to do the show, right? From the At noise. their own expense. From the noise, uh-huh. from the noise, uh, Frankie, the noise Frankie's making. I think they could be here. What would you? Would you be <laughs> it could be a possibility. Yeah. Frankie's my big lab dog. Say something while I just went. Well, we will. We'll talk about it here a little bit. All right. Anyway, this is show nineteen. Uh, yes, it is. In fact, number, number one. Number nineteen. Okay. See, I still am amazed that anyone would want to listen to nineteen hours of this. Anyway. Well, you know, this is rating weeks for the major networks, so we could be getting the pink slip in the mail. Could <laughs> be. You never can tell. You can only hope. You can only hope. Do you think we can do 20? I would say uh, uh, that if you folks don't start emailing us, we're going to come to your homes. That's right. At our own expense. Oh, Lord. Lots yeah. of email coming up this week. I guess. We're going to have to come to your homes if you don't start emailing us. We have very little email this week. And we're really unhappy about it. I mean, uh, our collective tears have been shed. Yeah. Well, of course, there's probably more of us than there are of them. So. That's, that's <laughs> entirely, probably. That's entirely true. I hear a little distortion, but I'm not going to worry about it. I don't yeah. have to. We uh, oh, discussed that too. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> did you? What did, did you really say when I said, I'll be right there? You said, we don't need you anyway, didn't you? Uh, no, actually, we had already talked about introducing one of us as the creator. And we producer. did talk about that, didn't we? <laughs> If you hadn't made it back to, well, we would have had to. I mean, of course, yeah. Don Joe and I were going to flip a coin. We were going to do it. We would have done it. You don't think Houston would want to be the producer and creator of the, I guess not. No, no, Don uh, Patterson was rewriting my script. Was he? Yes, he was. <laughs> You'd kind of figure that. Well, let's see, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I 
haven't uh, gotten, gotten the first uh, brew down yet. We uh, <laughs> yeah. we finally yep. got a hold of this guy. Remember Beverly and Mo of Beverly and Mo fame uh-huh. of Hot the, Springs, the, Arkansas. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like to refer to him as the Beverly and Mo hillbillies. Big Mo, yes. Sledgehammer Mo. He's sledgehammer. the guy that told us to use the sledgehammer. Yeah, just take a sledgehammer and beat the bats up to death. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, there Mo is our guest, and he's quite interesting fellow. He's done a lot of. Uh, a lot of different things. He's, uh, we'll let him tell you about himself. He's, uh, he's worked all his life. He's 55 years old and still a working blind person. And uh, that's more than I can say for any of the three of us. I you beg your pardon? Oh, I forgot. You got a job, didn't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a government-issued thing. Thank I think it was me. probably that. just a certain a quota thing. <laughs> uh-huh. So you're there, you think you're their token blind guy? I'm just probably their token blind guy, yeah. Anyway, we, we will have him on, on the uh, second half of our show. In the third half, we're going to talk about uh, installing uh, stove tops, putting yourself a new stove top in. That's one thing I think we haven't covered. We, we haven't covered that. What are we going to do when we talk about everything? Is it possible to... Well, show 20 maybe it. Yeah, that could be <laughs> it. The end we, of the line. Uh, <laughs> uh, because we would have stopped at show one if we had talked about anything we knew anything about. That's true. But, yeah. <laughs> but it would be nice if someone would email us some topics to talk about, some things that we could discuss on the show. That would be topics, good. questions. Topics, questions. Uh-huh. Uh, anything like, I can't, I can't handle this. You know, I, I need brandy or something. Anyway, uh, so we're, we're going to read what little email we have. How many do we have, Don, today? Well, as a matter of fact, what do we have, Mr. Tom? One today? Uh, uh, big, one, one one real email. And, <laughs> and we've faked up a couple. <laughs> Dummied up we, a haven't, we haven't resorted to that, one have was, we? Uh, w- the other is actually an email, but it's it's it's, uh, it's on woodworking. Yeah. Well, that qualifies. And it qualifies. So we have two. So we're up to two. Two legit emails today. Two uh-huh. legit emails. Well, get it on. Let's okay. This is a question, guys, so listen closely. All right. It says, hi, my husband and I are, are both blind and need any suggestions you have about a sprinkler controller that is accessible or can be made accessible. We've tried a couple of kinds now, which have time settings that are difficult, if not impossible, without sighted help. Suggestions? Question mark. Carol McCracken. Uh-huh. Well, I hope you boys know something about sprinklers. Well, <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> well, see, Don Shaw and I would tell you, being the anal retentive types we are, go turn it off and on. Set your Braille watch. You know, you, you go. You know, set you set your timer, timer on your watch, and you you go at stopwatch. That's it. <laughs> that's so you need stopwatch. And yep. you go out there and turn it off and on. You know, if you can't, that's, a, that's not a good answer. Am I, am I assuming that this is a, a built-in sprinkler system with a... Similar like to a swimming pool. That's kind of what you'd think, wouldn't you? Oh, about that. You know, if it's a manual sprinkler, there there are several different kinds, and you can set the settings for different patterns, <coughs> and it's fairly, even if you were blind, if you knew, like you can, uh, you know, the, the swing sprinklers that go, uh, say, left to right instead of in a circle, you can set them to go far left, far right, or you can set them to just do one side. You can, you know, straight up and down to far left or vice versa. But I assume if this is a built-in uh, uh, sprinkler system on a timer, uh, I'm, uh, other than, uh, you know, setting the initial control, I'm, I'm not, even if you needed sighted help, I don't guess I'm, I'm certain of the question here. Well, they, they said with a timer, so my question for them is, does if this requires 110 volts, we've got lots of suggestions. Yeah, is it the type of timer like on your pool? Because Radio Shack sells a wonderful, darling little timer that you just plug into the wall, and it has little pins yep. that you put you put in, and when it passes the first pin, it turns the thing that's plugged into it on. When it passes the second pin, it's tur- it turns it off, and you can get more sets of pins for those. And, you know, what I did with it, I didn't worry about setting the time. I just, at the time I wanted it to come on, I put the on pin. And at the time I wanted so the clock may have been wrong, but it would, you know, it's a tw- it works on a 24-hour cycle, so it wouldn't clock. make any difference where the clock was. That's right. When it gets around to that pin and hits it, it's going to kick gonna the, come up. It's going to It's going to turn the tape recorder or the coffee pot or whatever you happen to have on. Yep. And it, it'll and it'll turn it off. Uh, so if you if it's a if it's a voltage thing, we got lots of suggestions. If it's a 
if it's a, did they make something that would control, that would turn the water, its physical water itself off and on? How would they do yeah, that? Is it well, sending on a water valve or what? Yeah. Well, you know, they, they, on sprinklers, most people that have them automatic, they come on at certain, you know, most people yeah. water, tend to water at 4 o'clock in the morning or, or 7 o'clock in the evening, so... Uh, there again, we were. I'm not certain that they're on a, you know, that they have a built-in sprinkler system. Well, they, a, they said for for timing, though. So yeah. So so it, I know. assume your little voltage thing should work. If uh, it's a, yeah. if it's a pump, it will work. But I'm yeah. saying, if you want the sprinkler to come on at seven, just bring the control around where it comes on at seven. It doesn't make any difference what the clock says. Why do you care what the clock says? Make it come on at seven in the evening, and then set it where it'll go off in an, in an, in an hour. We're being flip about this, but they want an answer because they, they can't see, and they can't see how to set it. I've been there. You have too, you yeah. know? So give us a little more information, and yeah, maybe, that's maybe, what we we can, maybe we can info. actually stumble around and come up with an answer. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be oh, amazing. Could be. It? All right, enough. Go okay, here, here's an article that was written by a fellow by the name of Leonard A. McHugh on woodworking. Woodworking Ability is the title. It was written back in August of 2001. He emailed it to us, and I'm going to read it to you right now. It seems as if every time the topic of woodworking is mentioned, I'm asked the same questions. They start out with, how can you do that? I usually answer saying very carefully uh-huh. <laughs> and then describe some of my tools. It is a little strange, but I feel safer using my table saw and compound sliding miter saw than letting some friends use them. Uh, sighted people tend to take things for granted, whereas I must be extra cautious. That's true. Some of the specialty t- tools that I use are a mechanical measuring device that was made from a piece of threaded rod, a folding braille rule, and a newly acquired talking tape measure in audible level. When using the power saws or router station equipment, I always use a full face shield and hearing protection. I want to protect my face and, most importantly, my hearing. Oh, that's no lie. I would say that, too. Yeah. Since I lost the strength and coordination in my hands and arms, I am no longer able to use a hammer. I purchased some uh, pneumatic air-powered tools to compensate. Uh, These tools include nail and staple guns. Uh Both guns uh, have a safety feature where the tool must be placed against the wood surface before the fastener can be shot. I always use eye protection when using these tools. I also never wear long sleeve clothing or any jewelry when working with the power tools. Ironically, uh, what I thought would be the safest tool, which is a bench sander, has caused me the only injuries. Now, when placing a piece of wood on the sander, I often sand off a fingernail and also have slightly sanded <laughs> down some fingertips. That, you know, w- with a belt sander, like I, I thought about that, like in Phil's shop there, uh-huh. that belt sander, man, with some coarse sandpaper on it. Now, if you touch that while that was spinning around, I could see how that, that could uh, do in your fingernail or could uh, kind of the tip of your finger there. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you it would smart a little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I also believe that careful planning adds both the safety as well as the quality of the finished project. Many years ago, I heard a story of a basketball coach who tried an experiment. He had half of the team physically practice and the other half of the team just mentally picturing themselves shooting. After a month, those players that actually shot the basketball and those who used mental imagery had roughly the same shooting ability. Now, I use this concept. I have a mental picture of the completed project and picture myself making every cut. I can see myself setting the saws for the proper cuts. I visualize myself actually assembling the project. Now, when it comes time to actually start, I feel as though this is the second time since the prototype has already been constructed in my mind. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, what is really incredible is that my wife has no problem with me using the power tools, but she will not allow me to touch a paintbrush. <laughs> and That's this, painting, man. This guy sent us a picture of a little toy train, little wooden train that, that he did for his, uh, I guess it was his grandchild, uh, uh, about two years, uh, well, when he was two years old back in 1998. And also a picture of uh, a cabinet here that he did for his mother uh-huh. back some time ago. This uh, cabinet is like five foot three inches high. It's 15 inches wide, 10 inches deep. Uh, both the top and bottom sections are 30 inches high with a three-inch base. And I'll tell you, it's a beautiful piece it of is. work. It really, it really is. is. This, this sounds like a 
potential guest here. I am. Did we get, uh, did we get contact <laughs> information? Do we have his? Do we have his? Do we have his email address? Yes, we do have an email address. Well, on. we shall just. I would like to talk to him about the little train. The, yeah. The wooden, no, the you know, but you wooden, wooden toys were uh, old time. Uh, oh sure. Thing you know, uh, existing back hundreds of years, and if a man sighted or blind can do those, it's oh, yeah. quite an accomplishment. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. This train sure. is something else. I'll tell you. It's. I mean, that's some intricate uh, work there. Time-consuming work. To, there, I like yeah. to focus on insignificant facts. The story about the <laughs> basketball team. So, so my idea was right years ago when I just did my exercises one morning and taped them and played them back every day. Well, no, I, I, I like to think of it since I went to school with you, it was the fact that we turned in our homework and you just thought you did. Uh, <laughs> according to this thing, you know, you according to this thing, you should have done better than you did. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. Sometimes I turned in someone else's homework. I'd go find yeah. a paper that Lynn Smith had written and change the name. I'd take a, the end of a stylus and mash the braille dots out with his name and type. put my name at the top yeah, of it. Yeah, he would always put his name and instead of yeah. Lynn Smith. He'd say Lynn Parr. And yeah. then the, and the, the teacher would go. Well, what I used to do, you know, what I used to do back in elementary school is we had a uh, teacher that was totally blind. I used to sit there and type on the old Braille writer, you know, just write nothing with no paper in it like I was doing my work there. And, uh, you know, I mean, she'd hear the Braille writer going, so she'd just assume. You mean you actually begun fooling the blind at an early age? And then when it was time to do my homework, I would read from this non-existent paper, and she'd say, no, that's not right. Uh, uh, What is that supposed to be? And it, it, it would sure be wrong, too, since there'd be nothing there. Then she'd just finally move on to someone else. And, you know, so you're the guy that just... comes by the blind <laughs> Salvation Army person's bucket and drops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Didn't he work at the Salvation Army one summer? Days, boy. I think it was. Yes, he did. He no, it was did. Goodwill. Goodwill. Goodwill Industries. It was Goodwill. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's so what a deal. This guy does sound like an interesting fellow. We, we'll email him and... Uh, uh, maybe try to have him on as a guest. He uh, obviously has given a lot of thought. I didn't hear the whole article, but I guess he's given a lot of thought. It doesn't say how old a fellow he is, does it? I don't think he mentioned his age here. And obviously his wife can see. Because she doesn't let him see. Exactly, yeah. Talking about the yeah, paintbrush. She won't let him yeah. mess with the paintbrush. She does so. all the painting, so she must yeah. be able to see. Well, I wish he could talk to Emily. She wouldn't. A, then after that, maybe I wouldn't have to paint. After we get through, <laughs> after we get through with this guest, we're going to have today. We're all, even us totally blind uh, bums, are going to be in trouble as far as refinishing things, because uh, this guy does some of that sort of thing. Uh-huh. I'm about to give up on my. I guess you know they've never been here, right? They've never been to this house. Oh, that's right. They never have, have they? Okay, they've never been here, and they're going, well, is this really Phil's house? How can we tell if this is Phil's house? I was trying to think of some obvious thing. Maybe I could put some blind stuff out front. Do you have a call-back number? I'm fixing to go call them back when we get the guest on. What time is it? Let's let's put the guest on. Can we do that? Well, I'm... Is it break time? We ought to be close enough. We we certainly had... Your earphones aren't working, are they, Pat? Yes, oh, oh, they are. They are. Yes, they are. Right. right. <laughs> anyway, let's take a little break. We have a Mo of Beverly and Mo. I never did get Mo's last name, but we'll have him as a guest, and we'll talk about stovetops. Wonder if Mo's last name's the same as Beverly's. I thought Zuri. Mo huh? Zuri. Mo Zuri. Right. <laughs> we'll be back. Uh, more the blind handy man in just a moment. <laughs>
they're not broadcasting. This is Steve Masura. He's broken from the Aussie Kaleidoscope. Landing on the edge. I'm Roger Kuhn. The KJS Show. Hi, this is Patrick Perdue from the, the ACBRI DJs are hard at work creating personal web pages about their shows, the music they play, and even a bit about themselves. Now we're accumulating these web pages into the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring, where you can learn more about the personalities behind the microphone. Go to www.acbradio.org, then choose the interactive link. From there, you can choose the link that will take you to the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring. ACB Radio Mainstream now delivered live to your phone in the UK using phoneanything.com. The internet over the phone. www.phoneanything.com. Don't risk the disappointment of missing a great ACB radio program. Join our announcements list today. Receive email about upcoming programs on all our channels and new features. To join, send a blank email now to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Visit our website. Announcements about ACB radio delivered to you direct and free. Just another way to stay in touch with ACB radio. Man on ACB Radio Mainstream, the talk of the blind community. Our email address is blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you would like to be part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. Now, here's more of today's show with Phil Parr. Back to the Blind Handyman Show. We're visiting with a gentleman who calls himself Mo. Now, he said some folks had other names for him, but we won't go into that. Mo, how are you doing, sir? All right, sir. We're doing pretty good. Now, where do you where do you reside? Where do you call home now? Ah, uh, this is, uh, well, we live in Hot Springs Village, which is about 18 miles north of uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas. Well, I noticed that you are gone in the daytime. Do you have a job? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> I'll be darned. Uh, I, I, let's say I, I go there, I put in my time. I don't want to make them think I do too much to ruin my image. So a blind guy with a job. Well, that's refreshing, isn't it, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I wish our, our system would be where more handicapped people have jobs. I don't know how many people do um, that do have jobs or gainfully employed. It would become an interesting topic someday. They say that we are 70% unemployed, but I, I have a, I have several opinions on that, and we don't have time. I don't want to get off on it That's too much. I, I, well, what, what do you do, uh, sir? For, for uh, I work for uh, Abilities Unlimited, which is a uh, a uh, community-based uh, shelter shop, I guess is what they want to call it. Uh, Bev and I were both we're both staff members, uh-huh. and uh, we have uh, roughly about 125 clients. And uh, I'm the only blind person on staff, and uh, we've got a uh, couple. Well, we got one. Well, I guess we got two two blind people that are clients, and the rest of them are all uh, all different kinds of handicaps, from cerebral palsy that type of thing. And we do have regular, regular industrial. Uh, we have uh, about five uh, different uh, uh, five different uh, jobs that we're doing. Uh, one is for Poland. Which is a, we uh, assemble the fuel tanks now for the weed eaters chainsaw uh-huh. and that type of thing. So it's it's for the area here. It's it's pretty good, really. You know. So this is kind of like a lighthouse. It's it's sort of a, a workshop where you do contracts for, yeah, for, yeah, we for have people. Several contracts and uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's something like the lighthouse, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's privately uh, it, it's it's privately funded. It's not a state run. We're about ninety uh-huh. percent uh, privately funded, and they are funded somewhat by United Way. Uh-huh. But we're about ninety percent uh, self-efficient. And may I ask, what is your level of vision? Uh, I am totally blind. You're totally blind. Yes, sir. Have, have you been that way all your life? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Bev and I both have the same thing. We've got, wait a minute, let me try this. We've got RLF, retinal, who, retinal fibroplasia. <laughs> who knows? Get out of that. I don't have any of it. Well, you can't see. That's it. 
You can't, and you and you were you were born like that. Do you mind me asking your age, sir? Um, fifty-five. Fifty-five. Yep. You've been you've been blind fifty-five years. Yep. Well, you've almost caught me. I'm sixty-two. I've been blind sixty-two years. Yeah, ours was, was we were premature babies and was being an incubator, being an incubator, incubator. Mm -hmm. Too much oxygen destroyed the retina. Okay, but you you still work every day, and you're fifty-five years old. Yes. That's that's unusual to say the least. Most yeah, of I've worked in regular industry. Uh, I've been working well, since 1965. Uh huh. And up in northern Illinois, so really where we're from. And up there, I worked in regular industry. Up there, I worked in an electronics company and uh, worked in a transformer company where we made transformers for Zenith and Warwick Televisions. And I worked for a charm grill, which was the gas grill. We used to make uh, gas grills. I worked in our machine shop for about 14 years. <coughs> And uh, yeah, then we moved down here and uh, looked around trying to find a job. And having us uh, went up to a rehab when I first when we first moved down here, and up in Hot Springs, and uh, took a small engines class. Uh -huh. And uh, well, the place I'm working now, they were going to have a small engine shop, so I went down there and checked it out. And unfortunately, I needed help on the line, and well, I needed a paycheck, so I said, well, I guess I'll take the job. I think I've seen about three small engines since I've been there. And uh, they decided not to get into it, and I I just stayed. Uh, now, you know, need need a paycheck every Friday. But you completed this course in small engine repair. Yes, sir. Now, by small engines, are we talking lawnmowers? Uh, and lawnmowers, uh, the chainsaws. I kind of try to stay away from chainsaws and weed eaters and that stuff because the stuff is so doggone small and there's so many different kinds. And around here to chase for parts is like sometimes looking for hen's teeth. You got to chase all over this town to find stuff. So I try to manage to stay with uh, lawnmowers and tillers and these mulchers and that type of thing. Yeah. Now, was this a class for blind people? Uh, no, sir. Yeah. It was a regular uh, rehab up here in Hot Springs. Uh, used to be the old Army Navy Hospital. Rehab took it over back in 1961, and I went there. It was a regular. Uh, it was a regular sighted class. They do have the Little Rock. They do have World Lions. Uh, mm -hmm. Which uh, they do have a small engines class up there, uh -huh. but I decided to stay here at Hot Springs and just test the water and see how well what and, and, having and blind people. Not too many people passed out or ran out the door screaming, pulling out their hair. Few people <laughs> retired early, though. I yeah. didn't quite understand what that meant, but but it was interesting. Well, what provisions as a blind person did they have to do anything uh, uh, special for you, or did you catch on pretty well? I guess no, uh, they didn't really. Um, they had a hands-on thing, and since I already knew, uh, I've fooled around with small engines for, oh, I guess, about 15, 20 years. My buddy and I, a good friend of mine, we grew up together, and we used to build go-karts and that type of thing. And I just thought I wanted to go up there and see if I could learn anything, or maybe I could teach somebody something. So you already knew something some about small engines yeah. before you. Okay, all right. Now, you did that, and so if your lawnmower goes out at home, you fix it yourself, right? Uh -huh. Or throw it away and go buy another one. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, turn around. By, they're about as cheap now as just to easy go buy another one. Well, it? you know, that's like with the leaf blowers and that. They really, for worldwide and waste, you really spend a whole lot, money, a lot of money for one. Uh -huh. If you go and buy one of the $59 or $69 uh -huh. leaf blowers or weed eaters, you might as well just as soon as you can get a couple of years use out of them, throw it away and buy another one for what it costs anymore to have stuff fixed. Question, uh, it's probably been a month and a half ago, shortly after we started. Uh, a guy wanted to know a little bit about oil-burning furnaces, and I understand that you've had a good bit of experience with those. We had, uh, my folks, if we had an oil-burning uh, hot water system up north, and down here we don't, obviously, everything here is all electric, mm -hmm. but uh, an oil-burning system, from, from what I remember of it, if, I don't know if, there was, if his originally was a coal-fired one, you don't know if it was originally if it was converted or if it was tricky. No, he didn't say. This was a, a young fellow that said uh, that his uh, that that he had his that his grandmother had an oil burning system and that they had, they had it repaired and he'd like to be able to to repair it himself. Can you kind of give us a thumbnail description of how they work? Okay. Well, if it's uh, you know if it was a forced air furnace or if it was hot water heat. I, I, he didn't. He did not say. Maybe, maybe he'll email us again, and we'll call you back. But they actually do. They actually burn the oil. I guess they yeah. do. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a burner on the bottom, which is uh, it always works basically the same as a, as a gas-fired furnace. Uh -huh. It has a set of gas, it's oil, and this 
oil goes through some uh, uh, restrictors so it, it uh, makes it into a mist. And the oil that comes from your, your oil tanks or your oil, your oil supply uh-huh. is a little mist under pressure, yeah, I guess. Yeah, a little orifice type of thing that uh, it, uh, and it, it does burn oil, yes. And, and so it does have a flame and it does have burners. You'd want to mainly keep the burners and the orifice clean. Keep the burners, uh, the burners cleaned off. Uh, your filters that the oil goes through. It's a little, it's got a little screen kind of a filter type of a thing. I don't know what type of system they have, but and you know, keep that stuff clean. And uh, if it's a hot water system, uh, if, it, if it's under, uh, you know, if it's got a circulating pump, I always keep keep the oil pump to keep the keep the circulating pump oil. So the, the oil, it generally has a couple of oil cups on it. The oil would, would heat the water, and then the water would circulate through a coil, and air would blow across that and heat your house. Well, if, if you had a hot water system, it's, it's uh, the water goes through, through the boat, it, heat, it heats up the water, and then it goes through pipes under rigor radiators. Uh, if it was a blower type system, I'm assuming it's just like a rigor furnace where the oil just heats up and the, the blower uh, just transfers the heat to the rest of the building. Yeah. Well, he didn't say, but maybe he'll email us, and if he has some specific questions, uh, we might call you back. Now, do you do you have a, a woodwork shop, or do you? Uh, yes, I do. Do you now? I do a little bit of woodworking. What all sorts of things do you have in your shop? Uh, I've got a I've got a lathe. Uh, I've got a band, 12-inch bandsaw. I've got a 10-inch table saw. Uh, I've got a, a, a six-inch uh, joiner, and I've got a 12-inch uh, thickness planer. And I've got a drill press and a miter saw. What sorts of things do you build in your? Do you build? Do you craft furniture? Do you just build rough things, or what do you? What do you build in your woodshop? Uh, I've done a little bit of furniture stuff. I made my daughter a, a, a dresser, and I made a couple. Built a couple hope chests for people. And uh, I don't have a. I'm kind of limited in room. I don't have a real great big shop. I wish I did have. Not, not you. Have a bigger basement than here. I'm kind of crammed for space, but. Uh, I made some salad bowls and uh, some uh, offering plates. Some other churches here wanted made out of walnut. And the big problem anymore with doing wood, and it's a shame, is the price of hardwood is outrageous. Uh, especially around here, uh, it, walnut that goes well, oak in fact goes for around two two ninety a board foot, somewhere right around in there. And you say you built your daughter a dresser. Did you have a did you have a plan for that, or did some No, I just, uh, she says, I need a small, she says, I need a dresser that I can put in. Well, she was in college at the time, and she says, I need a dresser that I can put in my car and haul it. I <laughs> put it in your car and haul it. Yeah. She says, that's all, that's, that's the only thing she gave me. She says, you can take the rest of it up to you. She says, I want it to be a, what she says, it was, was a four-drawer. Uh, yeah, she only had a little, uh, she had a little lady. 87 Nissan. I need this to fit in my car so I can move it. And I thought, well, it's going to be the size of a hat box. So I said, I'm not going to make a dresser the size to fit in that Nissan so she can take it back to school. Well, I did some scratch my head here for a while. I thought, what in the world is going to make this thing this size? So I thought, anyway, uh, I finally come up with an idea using some. Uh, uh, we had one of the projects that we had at work we were doing was cutting some lumber for Warehouser. So we were able to get, I was able to get scrap pine. Uh, the stuff was fairly green, but the lava had no knots in it. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I brought the stuff home and let it dry out for a while, and I uh, made this thing out of pine. It's uh, yeah. fact, she's still using it. She's got it in her one of her closets for her. She still uses a storage dresser. Now, the, the, the drawers, I'd be interested to see, did you, did you just do on the drawers mitered corners and then put a front on them, or what? Yeah, I did... Uh, I did with the rabbit joints, rabbit and plow joints, and on the bottom of the drawers I put those uh, dust, uh, uh, we want to call it the dust dust shelf in between the drawers. Uh-huh. And, uh, no, I just, uh, I didn't use any uh, dovetail. I don't have a... Now, let, let's go back to this joint. What, what did you call it? Uh, I just used uh, the rabbit joints on the edges of the drawers, you know, the, the plow joints that went straight across. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to tell me what that is because I'm so ignorant I don't know. Okay, a rabbit joint. Uh-huh. Uh, that's where you can take with the edge of the board and you just take and you can cut out about a quarter of the thickness of the board so you can butt up to it. Okay. Or, or you can make a groove uh, like we can put the plywood bottom in. 
I got you. You just got the little slot. That's and the rabbit's kind of one. It's just uh, so you. Uh, take, it looks like the uh, like on the front of a drawer, where it's got the little lip. Uh huh. And then the the dado joints on the side, which is where it took the you know dado head and cut out the see to the thickness of the board, so you could put the sides up against the front. Uh huh. In other words, where you could slide that bottom panel into the to the right. sides, right. where you use the dado blade. Yeah. Okay. Now, and these rabbit joints. So you you say the board is say three quarters of an inch thick. You might take uh you might take three eighths of an inch off of just the edge of it, maybe two inches back. Right. And then you could put. Then you'd have a place to nail. Then you'd have a stout place to nail it. Then you have a place to nail, and it's still on its inside the. Yeah. The uh, the back or the front of the uh -huh. drawer, and that's called a rabbit joint. Yeah. Well, we may have to get you on more often because I don't know any of these terms. I've got a dado blade, however. I was familiar with that. Okay. Uh, and so you built this dresser for this girl with with drawers in it, and you yeah, put some uh, four. What's it got? There? Four drawers. That's what it's got. And you put some fronts on the drawers to make to hide all your all your work and right. to make them look pretty. And did you get someone to stain or varnish this? Uh, she wanted to left natural, so I just made out of, out of, out of pine, and uh, we just left it natural, and I put about three coats of polyurethane on it, satin finished polyurethane. Which uh, which you did yourself? Yes. Now, how did you do that? With a brush or with uh, a... I did it with a rag. Just did it with a rag? I'm a rag person, so you get all gooey and yicky. And so, so this can't is... do anything with a brush. I just thought, for, to me, it just leaves so many brush marks and a rag you can kind of control a little bit better than you can a brush. So this is the kind of stuff that if you got too much in one place, it really didn't make any difference. No, you, you can kind of level, you can kind of... Generally, I always want to, when I put it on, I generally go across, just like the same with stain. Always go crossways of the board first when you, when you put it on, go from... Uh, Side to side, uh -huh. and then when you get then go lengthwise. When you when you rub the stuff in, okay. First of all, you go across the grain the first time, and then when you get through doing that, and then you go with the grain, and it kind of levels it all off. And uh, matter of fact, I refinished here not too a couple years ago a uh, secretary desk for one of my one of our drivers had one of these. Uh, just got the bookcase on the top with the glass doors, uh -huh. and they've left the thing sit out in their carport for, oh, I don't know, two, three years, I guess. They had it out there, and they talked one day, and they said, I'd like to have it refinished. Now, luckily, if they would have left it out there much longer, I'm afraid it went out, went out for the garbage man. Said, you can't leave that stuff sit out in the humidity very long. So you did a little sanding on it, and, uh, and a lot of sanding and a lot of paint stripper, uh -huh. and a lot of patience. And you did this yourself, yes. with, and, and and you you refinished it with this polyurethane. Uh, uh, I refinished, I stained that one and refinished yeah. it with about three coats of polyurethane. Well, I sure hope my wife doesn't hear this show, because <laughs> everything I build, I make her stain. <laughs> so now that I know a blind guy can do it, if you can do it, I can. Yeah, it just I, I generally start out with take a rag. Uh -huh. You put the stain on. Put the, I generally use oil-based stain. You can use also the, you know, they have the water-based stain that you can also buy. That's a powder stuff, and you mix it with water. The only thing is it raises the grain. So after you stain it, then you've got to resand it again lightly to, to uh, sand the grain down. Uh -huh. So I generally use oil. And uh, they say, well, first of all, when I start with it, I'll start, uh, well, like at the bottom or wherever, and uh, go across the grain. But cover the whole board going across the grain, and when I get through, then then go with the grain with with the same rag. Just kind of try to keep it so it you know don't get too much in one spot, not another. Try to, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a trick, but it can be done. Try to kind of know where you've been so you won't go over that again. Yeah, and if generally if it's stained like this stuff here was was oak and they wanted a dark stain, so it really that old stuff it kind of uh, it, it, it turned out good. So. I hope they didn't lie. Well, that's what I was thinking. They, they had to live with it. <laughs> do, you, do you have some sighted person maybe check your work when you... Yeah, every once in a while. But at the time, my mom was living, so she could kind of check it every once in a while. But uh, I've done a bit of it, and it's kind of hard to... But I do do it with a rag, with a soft rag. Because I'm on a brush you can't, you don't really have any control over. No, you wouldn't. And you wouldn't know where you'd been. Yeah, and I've tried spraying, and I've done... <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been that's, there. That's, that, that's a total disaster. Listen, uh, we are about out of our, probably have exceeded our 15 or 20 minutes, however long they give us. I, I want to do this, though. I want to put you on a kind of a list and maybe call you back in six weeks to, to two months. Okay. and uh, Because I have a feeling we've just scratched the surface of things you know well, how to do. Well, if anybody has 
a question, if there's anything that uh, my wife or myself can help with, I'd be more than glad to try to help somebody, maybe encourage somebody, maybe that's not used to doing a whole lot of things. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, master woodworker, no. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not like Norm Abrams. I still bury my mistakes. Well, we all put wide trim on things, you know. <laughs> we all make wide trim. We've talked about that on the show. Uh, oh, you've been a, you've been a most interesting uh, uh, fellow, and I've, I will uh, someday, not tomorrow or next day, but one of these days we're going to meet, uh, have a cold one, and talk about woodwork. That sounds good to me. Uh, uh, thank you, sir. I, and you, I enjoy your program. Well, we appreciate you, that. And, uh, I think there's something we need more of, and we need we need the uh, handicapped people that they can do so. And there's a lot of stuff you can't do. I mean, you know, everybody has to know your limitations. But there's so many things you can do. Yes, and, sir. And yes, our idea to do them, you know. Our idea is to give blind people confidence and let them know that these things can be done. It's like the oil burning furnace. If you want to know how it works, take the front off of it and look at it. Yeah. Figure out how it works. And just uh, remember, if we do anything, just uh, shut the, shut the oil tanks off. Uh, I always kind of have a little saying: if you don't know anything about it, sometimes you're better off to leave it alone. Because sometimes you can get in a real, a real problem. I'm not a I'm not a big electrical person. Uh, electricity night that's something I don't mess a whole round. Well, that's 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 my strong suit is is electricity. I I fool with it all the time. Listen, I got to go because they're they're signaling me. But I, I appreciate you, and I'm going to call you back, and we'll meet someday, Mo. Thank you. You've well, been a wonderful guest. Pleasure. Definitely enjoy the show. And uh, like anybody else who listens, just just hang in there. Just if you enjoy doing something, don't let people discourage you. That's right. We'll talk with you in a couple of weeks, sir. All right, sir. Thank you much. You have a good holiday. I, I will, sir, and you too. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye. Back with more of the Blind Handyman Show in just a moment. like CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, the Toronto Star, the Wall Street Journal, and more. That's all the news, all the time, in the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. As well as ACB Radio Mainstream, the cafe, ACB Radio Treasure Trove, you can hear by From the 1930s and 40s, the 50s and the 60s, and the 1970s, 80s and 90s, the hits of the new millennium. ACB Radio Interactive comes to you from at least six time zones on three continents, bringing you the very best of country, top 40, classic and modern rock, new age, folk, the rare stuff out of the 50s, jazz, easy listening, adult contemporary, and more. Live, unpredictable internet radio. ACB Radio listeners. Talk with the hosts. Provide suggestions about the future of ACB Radio. It's all possible through the ACB Radio Friends List. Thank you for being a friend. Log on and sign up now. Send a blank message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. And thank you for being a friend of ACB Radio. listening to the blind handyman on acb radio mainstream if you have an idea for a topic or a project you would like us to discuss let us know at our address blind handyman at hotmail.com now back to the show with don patterson all right uh, yeah we got a uh, in our last little segment here we've got a couple of topics we're going to discuss in a minute uh, i think phil's going to talk about uh, Stove tops Stove top and uh, stuffing. installation yeah. and and maintenance and sort of thing. And then Don Shaw, I think, has a little topic. But I wanted to do a little continuation uh, on a, a subject that we had discussed on an earlier show, especially since Mo was our guest. 
and uh, a great guest he was, and we were glad to have him. Uh, as y'all know, I've been doing the uh, uh, home remodeling project, and uh, we talked about removing this bathtub uh, with the help of my uh, co-host Don Shaw. That's right. And getting in a bind with it and even having to have a third party. And then Moe suggested that we should have used a sledgehammer. Of course, the tub being cast iron and you could break it up because then you'd have yep. 500 pounds of cast iron to dispose <laughs> to try to of. move outside. The interesting yeah. thing was I finally got the tub outside and then with the help of my little riding lawnmower and I attached the cable to it and I drug it out to the road where the city of Lufkin promises they will take it away. Yeah. Well, time came and time went, and the tub still stayed there. <clears throat> but uh, last Monday morning, I was walking out of the house on my way to work, uh, and uh, I saw a little pickup truck out there, and I saw a little the man, I mean, about as far as I could see, a, a person anyway. And uh, to make a long story short, one Little old 67-year-old man picked this tub up and put it on the pickup truck. <laughs> he and picked all, the end of it up and put it on the tailgate. He laid down the tailgate and then slid it man. in there. Then he came up and introduced himself to me. And uh, believe me, I shook hands <laughs> with him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tell you that he, that he, yeah. that he was a... He's a wood chopper and a wood hauler. Probably worked yeah. in the logging industry oh, yeah. around Lufkin yeah. all his life. And he... Uh, for 67 years old, he was uh, well endowed. And, well, uh, probably splits wood with a wedge and a sledgehammer, don't you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. or probably just looks at it. Yeah, splits <laughs> it. Maybe. That's right. So that's but it. anyway, that was the little story we wanted to follow up on. The the, the bathtub is gone, so if y'all are all concerned about that, well. If anyone had called and wanted it from the show here, it's gone. <laughs> it's his, his, his name, by the way, was Charles Atlas. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, Robert Atlas or something. He's got like another that. one upstairs. That you might. Uh, I'm not going to take that one out. No, yeah, we're going to. But anyway, moving on with the show, I think uh, we're going to turn it over to Let's Phil. Talk about, he's uh, going to talk about the old stovetop. Stovetop. Stovetop stuffing. Stovetop. New stovetops. If you, um, if your, uh, if your stovetop is electric and it's one of those that just basically lays on the cabinet or is fitted down in the cabinet, it's an electric stove. And it's old, and the burners are bad. You can there are two or three things you can do. You can buy burners for those. You can, you can. and they just they, if you've never taken them out, they just plug in, you know. And you don't really have to turn the two twenty off. You don't have to do anything. Just make sure the burners off. Yeah. And there are two little prongs that go in a in a slot there, and they they only go one way. One way. You cannot. You can't mess this up. It'd be it'd be impossible. Well, it might not be impossible, but it, and and they usually hook on the other side. So there's a way you just plug them in. You can buy new burners, but if your controls are worn out and your knobs are shot, and you decide, well, I'd like a new stove, they're really very simple to change. The new ones, uh, we've discussed this before, but I think the new ones plug in just to a 220 plug under the. Under the uh, mine does just I mean it, there's just a 220 plug under my stove top under the stove and top. it just plug they just plugged it in I mean they you know and it's easy these things are usually a I, I don't know what size they are but I've never seen one in odd size I mean they're basically going to be the same size you might measure your opening uh, before you go buy one to make sure you don't get one too small but if you did it wouldn't be the end of the world you could put a little trim around you could uh, and th they just sit there I mean they're just they may be latched from underneath the cabinet with some little things that turn and then screw up into the cabinet that hold them in place but basically that stovetop is just sitting there so take the open the cabinets below it or take the drawers out that are below the stovetop and uh, see what's holding it. What uh, First of all, see how it's connected. See how it's wired. If it's wired, of course, you need to cut it off if you're going to, oh, yeah. before you cut the wire. Yeah. Cut off you that probably power. need to cut the, <laughs> we had, uh, we, we, I'll never live that down, will I? Not telling everybody. Yeah. Anyway, you, you, if you're going to cut the wire, be sure that the power's off to this 220 so. And uh, cut the wire. Figure out what's holding it on. And. And loosen it, get it to where well, you... Well, more than likely on an older type stove, it'll have a metal conduit and with wire running it down through it that comes down to a box. Like uh, the same the principle as we talked about hooking the oven up. Yeah, same kind of deal. I've just done that a year, what, a year ago. Replaced that stove top yep, on it? and it had the metal box. Well, boy, it was about time. The wall underneath. It was that time. Was, it was definitely time to replace it. 
Anyway, it, go to that metal box, and there will be a, some wires in there with wire nuts. Now, to put it back, you uh -huh. may need some sighted help, but then you may not. I, I would probably try it without sight. You know, if there was no one around that could see, I would just hook it up, flip the breaker on, and see what happened. I mean, what's going to happen? Nothing. It may not work. Yeah, that's right. It may not. It may not work. Not but what's, you know, what's well, gonna... uh, on two twenty, you have you know that you're going to have a white to white and a black to black and a ground to ground. And on two twenty, the difference in it and one ten is both wires are hot. And that's the only. And difference. so, the only I, I'm not sure that it would hurt if you got the black to the white. I mean, since they're both hot, but but if it didn't work, that would be the problem. You wouldn't need to mess with the ground, and. Uh, also, on stoves, stove size, just talk about measuring everything, mm -hmm. but really the standard home size is 30 inches. That's probably what most people, if you have yeah. the, the gin air with the, the broiler or yeah. the steak thing, they're usually 36 inches. So chances are uh, that measurement, if you work. take one out, the new one, if you get a 30-inch range, it's going to go back in there. And they and, can uh, be bought at a number of places, at a, at Sears or at Lowe's or at Home Depot or one right. of those kinds of places. And a number of prices. You know, anywhere. I, I paid 160 bucks for mine. You can go all the way up to that's about seven, eight hundred dollars well, And, and your, your 161 will boil a, a, a tea kettle as good as the $800 yeah, one It's would, just a you know? four burner. Yeah. And four you can buy the kind with the coil up. burners or the flat kind that are just, now they're not real black friendly to me, but the kind well, that are just those, flat those all burn? the way across like a you know they just feel like a tabletop well but yeah you can yeah, and, and you i'm can. sure you can buy any combination you could probably buy two regular electric burners and then a, maybe a flat grill on what so they come in all price ranges so decide what you want but unless you buy like pat said some odd thing that has a gin air or something on it it's going to be a standard size probably stove that will just drop right down in your cabinet you you fix you figure out how to attach it, which will be some things that probably turn and go under the yeah. bottom of the cabinet, and like then have a, maybe a wing nut or something that you yep. that you would tighten up uh, to secure the stove in its uh, in its place, and then hook the 220 up. And and like I said, if there was no one there to tell, even if there was someone there to tell me colors, you know what I'd do? I'd just hook it up. Let's see what I happens. I just tie the wires Hope on, the put best. the wire nuts on, and and uh, turn it. <laughs> go turn the power on, turn the burner on. If it worked, I made it. If it didn't. Then yeah, you might yeah. call someone. <laughs> but what's it, a stovetop, what's it going to do? It's not going to, it, it may not work, but it's not going to catch the house on fire if you wired it up backward. And I think it would work wired backward. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would be any problem. So if your stovetop is old uh, and you want to start doing home projects and you figure, well, you know, I have to call somebody. So anybody that, that comes and does it's going to charge you $100. Well, here's an easy way to save 100 bucks. Isn't that nice how I help yeah. people like that? And then also one time, one time we replaced a stove top. You know, you're talking about the actual stove top, yeah. but then they they make a what they call a, a, a sit-in stove that's that's a stove and oven together. But actually, unlike a standalone stove that comes down and actually sits on the floor, this has a cabinet that probably comes what halfway up the standard height of cabinets, and the stove and oven sits in the actual cabinet. Instead of sitting on the floor, I've never seen the uh, the oven's under the under yeah, it's under the stove top. It's well, stove actually, top actually, together. you uh, but it's the same kind of deal. You cut out the yeah, you would cut out the top part of the cabinet, and the it, the stove really looks like a, a standalone stove. It does, except it doesn't have the sides. It, it's it's meant to slide into an enclosure, and that would only be a deal yeah. that if you had an existing yeah. one. That you'd want to take out and replace with the same well, a lot of, deal, of people that, that have had old uh, standalone ovens and kind of want to consolidate. I've seen people take out, uh, you know, a freestanding oven and and make a pantry out of that enclosure, and then they'll they need an oven, so they will put the the slide-in slide stove with oven and stove top yeah. combined, yeah. and. Uh, well, but don't do that if you're old, because bending over will get to be a real drag. Trust me. That's, you know, I hate ovens under stoves. They just, you know. Well, if you had a standalone stove standing on the floor, that's exactly course, what you'd have. Of course, so. we're, we're going to have the guy who's going to call us and tell us, well, what do you have to have a cabinet shape? You know, I, I took my skill saw and cut the cabinet. Now, that'd take nerve as a blind person. Oh, it would. That'd take pretty good nerve would. to cut the cabinet. I'd probably do it. If I wanted it done, I'd do it. Or one of these uh, new, what do you call those saws with the 
Sawzall. Yeah, that's it. A sawzall. Cut out the front of that cabinet with yeah. that boy and see what you ended up yeah. with. Well, you'd, you'd, want, you'd want to do some real thinking before you cut the front of the cabinet. You really cabinet. would. All right, how much time we got? Where are we? Oh, we've got about six minutes. Charlie, you want to talk minutes. about telephones? You want to ask? You want to talk well, about Well, yeah, I just had a question about a phone. Uh, a lot of folks like to uh, hook up jacks in other rooms and uh, do different things with phone wires and phone jacks. Well, I've got a question. If you have an existing wire, like running from outside of your house, of course, where it comes in, and like we have a wire that runs along the top of a baseboard, probably, oh, six foot along the baseboard through a room. And then turns. And then turns and goes through a wall into the other room where the actual phone mm -hmm. jack is. But my question is, if I wanted a, an additional jack in the room that the wire is running through, could I cut this wire yeah. just somewhere in that wall and hook up the jack to two of the screws coming in and two going out? No. 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 Okay. You couldn't because those four screws are independent of each other. In other words, they're not hardwired together. Okay. Now, you could, you could put two wires on the right side and two wires on the left and then put a little jumper between them, and that would work. Thing about uh, you know, or you... The thing about cutting that wire right there is you're probably not going to have an ex enough wire left. You could put like a junction box in that. Yeah, you'd have yeah. enough wire because the jack would take well, the up jack, some room. Yeah, would See, take the jack up would space. take up some You'd have yeah. just enough Just wire. enough. I mean, you'd yeah. have just barely Oh, it'd be close. Yeah. It, it'd be close. Yeah. Uh, but, no, no, if you put one of those old boxes that has a little top on it that has a screw in the center, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you if you did that, you'd, you'd, you your phone wouldn't work. I mean, you, that jack would work. The jack coming in would work, but the phone would go no further. But the jack in the other room would. work. The jack in the that. other room would not work. So you'd want to you'd want to put good. those. And they make a Radio Shack makes a little jack that you just push the wire in and pull a little tab down and bingo. The, it, it 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 you don't strip the wire. It punches into really? the wire. Yeah, that you just pull a little tab down and and you're on it. I hadn't seen uh, that. So, well, it's like a scotch lock. You know about scotch yeah. locks? Yeah. What would we do without radio shack? I don't know how I live without radio shack. I don't know. Shack. Good uh, question. Anyway, but, so if you wanted to put a jack there, that would be, and obviously you are. But then I'd have to run a there. jumper between the two wires in order for the jack to work in the other room. In other words, for, for the jack to work in the other room. And if you get one of those that that's a, that's a, that has four screws on it, you'd have to put the wires on the four screws and run, or put, I'd just use the two screws on the left and put, the top two on, you know, put two wires on each screw. Yeah. That way you wouldn't have to make a you wouldn't have to make a jumper. And if you if you have one phone line, and I've never seen any two conductor phone wire. All conductor phone wire I've ever seen is four, six, or eight conductors. Pair. If the, if you have an extra pair, you can use that extra pair for running speakers. You could run an intercom throughout your house with that extra pair of wires. Uh, there's, you know, there's Which the wires are just sitting around doing nothing anyway. Those wires so. are just there. You could take them out <laughs> yeah. and sell the copper. Yeah. <laughs> Think of all the interesting things. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Ah, <laughs> uh, the phone biz. Ah, uh, right. yes. Bill and Bob LeGrand are visiting with us today. Nice to have you here from Houston, Texas. Wow. And they, uh, they came up to visit with us and uh, watch us do the Barney Man show. It's amazing. People just come from all over. Yeah, what a deal. Can you see us? They're leaving right now. We'll see you, Bill. They're headed out. Billy and I worked together at the radio station in Texas City years ago, KTLW 920, Texas City. I can still, I still, I, you know, it's just uh, uh, etched in my brain. That's the only reason we kept you. Remind me to you a copy of the Pete Hunter show before you leave. I've got uh -huh. Tater, Tater Pete Hunter on tape. I wonder if anybody remembers Tater Pete Hunter. Well, howdy, friends. The great, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, uh, Billy's here, and so we're fixing to go build a fire and visit a little while. I wish you folks could all be here with us. Uh-huh. Do I really wish that? Do I hear any well, bumper music? <laughs> Is there any bumper I hear songs. Do I hear a running? theme? I think I do. Question. Anyway, time to go. Shaw, you're responsible for email. Why are we not getting enough email? I don't know why we're not, but we really need that email. If y'all just send to the blind handyman, all one word, at hotmail.com, and uh, ask those questions, send those comments, good or bad. I mean, cuss us out. You know, whatever you want to do, just send something to the blind handyman at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as That's I said, right. if you don't email us, we're going to have to come to your homes. We're going <laughs> to come out to your house, all four of us, and at do the show. At our own expense. At our own expense, of course, and do the show. If they really email us, hotmail, yeah. blindhandyman, hotmail.com. We'd appreciate it if you, 
if you'd like to be a guest, we always uh, like to have folks. Yeah, in. leave those phone numbers. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to have built a, uh, cabinets or remodeled your house or anything. If you want to talk about handyman stuff and you want to be a guest, if you've got some questions you'd like to ask us in person, email us, give us a phone number. We'll call you yeah. at our Call and ask questions. And ask questions. Thanks, Don Patterson. Yes, sir. Ain't Good luck with that bathtub upstairs. Uh, well, I'm not taking that one out. <laughs> Don Shaw is with us and has been for the whole show. Thank you, Don. Yeah. Tom Houston? Yes, sir. As usual, a wonderful job he did. I see, said the blind man as he picked up his hammer and saw. The Blind Handyman is produced for ACB Radio by Out of Market Productions, 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas, phone 936-634-9500.